Hello and welcome to NFT. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy. Had the pleasure of catching up with Top Shot Tandy, uh, one of my favorite people in the entire NFT space. And we, we cover all the bases. We talk about his what's in his wallet. We talk about his uh, NFT origin story. And of course, we talk about Top Shot and uh, his streams and content that he creates. So without further ado, let's jump into it. Here we go uh, with Top Shot Tandy. You're going to have a quick word from our sponsors, VinoVest. Here we go. Fine wine has long been a cornerstone of wealth generation and preservation. The problem? Historically, it's been reserved for the ultra-wealthy. VinoVest is changing that. If you know me, you know I'm always looking for the next big player in the industry. I was amazed at how easy it was to get started in diversifying your investment portfolio. Wine has one-third the volatility of the stock market and has outperformed the global equities market over the past 30 years with 10.6% annualized returns, proving that the returns can be as robust as your favorite red. VinoVest makes it easy to acquire new investments equipped with a team of world-class sommeliers who evaluate wine and determine which ones will gain value over time. You own the wines in your portfolio outright. You can buy, sell, and even drink them whenever you want. Go to zen.ai slash nfteach to receive two months of fee-free investing on VinoVest. Be sure to mention that NFTeach is helping you save on two months of management fees. It's time to start investing with VinoVest today. Joining me on the Aspen NFT guest line is none other than the Top Shot Tandy. Top Shot Tandy, welcome to NFTeach. How are you today? I'm fantastic. I'm so happy we could finally make this happen. This is the only doctor's visit that I actually would look forward to. Uh, As I remind people, I'm not a real doctor. Uh, (laughs) But uh, we've danced this dance for a while. And here we are. We did it. We're together, um, ready to make our episode of NFTeach. Um, I mean, where do we start? There's so many different places we could start. I guess uh, we could start with the the obligatory like what got you into nfts place let's go there first like obviously probably top shot but take us through sure you are correct uh it was top shot a friend of mine from summer camp texted me the john morant thirty five thousand dollar purchase link or whatever that was by john by bales and i read it i thought it was crazy um i swore i would not do anything on Top Shot unless I just got a pack to just play around. And then he told me about the gift. And then I thought, oh, I better go make a purchase to get the gift because uh, he got the gift. And then one thing led to another. I started getting obsessed with Top Shot, listening to podcasts, watching videos, buying stuff on the marketplace, watching everything go crazy. And that is how I got started in Top Shot. Um, and then after that, in terms of other NFTs, was because of Top Shot, somebody in one of my discords is actually, I think, Ben Jamin X. He was working for this project with 3D bananas. And because I won a free 3D banana, that's why I created a MetaMask wallet. I mean, what other reason is there to create a MetaMask (laughs) wallet? You know, winning a 3D banana would motivate me for sure. No. So, yeah. So that's your your collector journey. But then where's your content creator journey start within that time frame? So the content creating started right around the playoffs. So this was during quite a large NBA Top Shot dip. 
Um, people were scratching their heads all over Twitter. Like, why during the playoffs, during the finals, during this incredible basketball, is Top Shot doing so poorly? And I just thought there was nothing on Twitter that was short and to the point and just kind of gave opinions and views in a fair and balanced and well-documented manner. And so I thought, well, this could be an opportunity to make something kind of unique. I get to sort of flex my creative muscle and sort of push myself to create. And that's so that's when that happened. So that was the end of last year's playoffs. So it was last summer then. about um, So less than a year I've been making content. Okay. So you wanted to provide clarity around a phenomenon that people didn't really understand. And you said, "Why? you know, I'm, I'm going to fill this gap. But that's where it started. But it's evolved into long form content and streams. And so, you know, I, your first clips were awesome. I, I, I love them. They had tons of like really funny graphics going on when you were explaining things. And it was like watching like the Top Shot news broadcast. Um, that's what it reminded me of. So, so where do you go from like short form content? I'm going to explain this one phenomena that's happening within the Top Shot world to I'm going to start creating way more and I'm going to, you know, create all of this content long form, et cetera. Um, well, I, I also love the short form stuff as well, honestly, and I still make it from time to time, but it's a, it's a serious slog. Uh, it's like, it's so much work. So once I started playing around with streaming, I saw how much I was enjoying it. Um, and I did a couple streams and I just felt, yeah, it was just so much fun. It just didn't really feel like a, a task. It just felt like having a great time and just bringing people together and just like having a laugh and just enjoying myself. So that just felt better, I suppose. And that's why I started doing a lot more of that. Um, and then I also just continually want to cont uh, learn and interview people and just learn about more projects, get more exposure to different people in the NFT space. So, so that's why I also try to do uh, interviews kind of like you. And you were actually an inspiration for um, doing interviews and doing interviews in a more natural way. I remember one of my first interviews, I had everything very much lined out line by line. I had the things to bring onto the screen each time. And I think we talked and you're like, yeah, I don't go into interviews with that kind of approach. I just have a couple things I want to talk about and shoot for it. And that's, that's what I've been trying to adopt as well. So, um, so I think that answers your question, hopefully. Yeah. But I mean, and, and it never goes to form, like you can create your script, but then like, I feel like it really limits you because if something interesting happens or something, you know, someone, your guest says something and it sparks like this moment of, Oh, I want to go down this road. When you're really scripted out, it makes it, you kind of feel like you can't, you feel like, Oh, I need to plow forward. So yeah, I mean, that's the way I prefer it for sure. Now I, I did warn you in fairness that I, I was going to throw some curveballs at you today. It's not quite ready for the first one yet, but we'll, we'll get to it soon. Um, it, yeah. And, and I think like one of the things that I really appreciate about your content is that it is balanced. Like you never really get too up and you never really get too down. You're never screaming. You like to get other people screaming, um, <laughs> which makes for good, good viewing. Um, you like, I mean, I remember like I, I, I can to one great example is like the first time you had Mets on, I was like, this guy is the worst. <laughs> this dude is the worst. And then you had him on again. And I'm like, I love this guy. Like, so I, I feel like you do a really good job of, of, of kind of being in the middle and letting people, you know, um, your guests be the star of the show. And that's not 
a lot of people don't go into the hosting side to do that. So I, I really enjoy catching up on your content whenever I can, because, uh, yeah, you, you know how to create good content. That's for sure. I appreciate that. And I, I think my wife would agree that I'm very much in the middle and she, she probably would prefer that I was more up and down <laughs> or more on the upside, but like, um, yeah, I think, I think it just reflects my personality. That's just how I am. I don't really go, you know, I can hear amazing news and you won't really tell from, from the way I react. I'm someone who likes to internalize it and, and give it out in a more balanced manner. So, so then where are you as we sit today, March 21st on NBA Top Shot, given, you know, the, the, the state of where things are, where it started, what your reasons were when you started collecting, like, where are you today with, with the product in general? Well, it's changed radically, honestly. Um, when I first joined, it was purely financial and I thought it was a super cool product, but it was very much financially motivated. And I started buying stuff and I started seeing things going crazy. And that was what Top Shot was to me in the beginning. It was like a speculative stock market for NBA players. And it was some new technology that I thought I was super early on. And I just thought, wow, this is, this is it. This is some weird speculative investment and I'm here early. Obviously, that's not how it turned out. Um, but as I stayed on Top Shot, I really, like I said, I really enjoyed just sort of interacting with everybody. I mean, if we wouldn't be talking right now if it wasn't for NBA Top Shot. So even though that, you know, that's kind of like in spite of whatever goes wrong, let's say on Top Shot, in terms of how I'm feeling about Top Shot itself, the platform, I'm optimistic after this recent uh, Rohem AMA. I think that the more they add smart people onto this team and the more that they show us really that they're not making decisions purely for their bottom line because we were all led to believe that because we weren't getting any kind of communication otherwise. And that was a really dangerous place to be. And that's why we saw people just like yourself making Twitter threads, being like, look, I've had enough. Like, this isn't fun anymore. What is the point of all this? And I definitely sympathize with that. Um, so where I am right now, I'm not doing anything crazy in the market. I'm just kind of... You know, I'm, I'm more or less on the sidelines at the moment in terms of buying and selling, um, but I'm just waiting and seeing. I think that they they have like what they need to succeed. We just don't know how long that timeline necessarily is. Uh, and at least they're throwing us certain dates. They're telling us a lot of things. Like some of the best things from the other day was that they're going to, which makes so much sense, is they're giving money out to the different groups themselves. So it's not all, it doesn't all reside on, top shot to now figure out all the logistics it's like okay you're the king's group we see you going to the games here here's 10 grand go do whatever you want with that for the next however many months that to me is genius and that i like that should have been done before but at least it's happening now and i and i get the feeling that we're going to see more and more of this it's going to be um more decisions that sort of make more sense and why did we have that big gap of communication i don't know but i'm very optimistic that it's just going to continually improve from here yeah, I, I, you know, and I think too, you know, you're sort of like balance that you sort of carry where you don't get too high and you don't get too low. Like, I think there's also sort of a, a line to toe that like some things causation and correlation are not the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I can on one hand think that Roham and Jacob and the team 
did a great job in this AMA and they put a lot of really good stuff forward. And I can also decide that I just don't want to spend any more on this platform. And that's and fair. Not, not because like they didn't do a good enough job saying what they said, but you know, it is a it is very competitive for your dollar in this space. You know, mm-hmm. you see some of the projects that are happening on the ETH side. You see some of the gaming things that are happening. You know, like it, it and and I think for me the big fundamental zero moment I had was talking to another very prominent Top Shot collector, uh, and and the conversation was like, you know what, this person was saying to me, I realized how many games I could have taken my son to instead of buying rare moments for team X. And that sort of like hit me a little bit. Like if the point for me is that I want this, these memories, these, in, why don't I just go make them? Like that was sort of like the thing for me that said like, why am I relying on top shot to do that? Oh, because I think the quality of the moment will be better. And then when I really drilled down into that, my son and I going to a game, it doesn't matter where we're sitting. It doesn't matter if there's a shooter. He doesn't care about any of that. He just wants to do something with his dad, you know? And so then is it about me? And if it is, then that's the wrong angle for it to be about. So, like, it was a much deeper level of introspection about why I was doing it. Because for me, it was not about making money. It was not about, you know, wailing in. Um, It was about the team collection stuff. And, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I think you can you can not think something's for you and and also not have to tear it down either you know like and and i i just don't feel like people have the ability to do that like right you know if if or or to you know you have you you think it you it's it is for you and you want to stay in it and you want to go heavy but like you're not you you can also not be super happy about what's going on with that Mm -hmm. like you can live as a complex human being it doesn't have to be so binary, you know? Absolutely. And I got to give a shout out, honestly, to, I guess, to Dapper or, and to some of the content creators, because I think part of the time when I was, when I, I am fair and I am, I think I'm a balanced person, obviously. And, um, but I see other content creators that actually get like promoted by Top Shot. And sometimes I see them talking about what Top Shot's doing wrong. And so I just wanted to say that, like, I really appreciate seeing that. Like when people like the first mint, I remember LG came right off his interview with Roham wearing the Canadian tuxedo and he comes back and he does his podcast and he's just saying about something that they're doing really wrong. And so, so yes, people can be complex and, and I think that's healthy. And, um, and people should, and back to what you were saying, like it's okay to have kind of boundaries that you set for yourself. And just because you like the product doesn't mean you now have to pour 10 more thousand dollars into it or something. It's like now, especially that they've removed these historical moments to the chagrin of some collectors and probably yourself included, unless you sold those run it backs. Um, but uh, now you can have like a tier and okay, I'm going to collect the full bull set. And as long as it doesn't get out of hand, like some four star rookie next year makes it impossible for me then that's my collecting strategy and that's it. And I don't need to go beyond that. And I think that's healthy. And I think that more people in this space, honestly, need to learn what boundaries are, especially when we talk about these like loot pack drops, which are thankfully stopping. Because I think a lot of people in this space in general just have a lot of trouble with that. Yeah. I, and there were, like, there were aspects of the loot, the loot box packs that I think were really great. Like seeing like Jack Jamal hit a hollow 
and like seeing people in the community get those legendaries was really exciting. And I was really happy for the people who won in that scenario. And it was less about, again, me going like, this is stupid. How can you do this? But it was just more about just like, well, I, the incentive for me to participate in this is not there. And also happened to sort of like coincide with like me moving back home and me looking at gaming as, as this really big meaty thing that I think is probably like the area that is the most compelling to me over the next, you know, three to five years. Uh, and, and so, yeah, it, not everything's causal, you know, like sometimes things just happen and, and, and you just have to go with it. I mean, I think like the, your point about the, the creators, I really have a lot of respect for LG as a content creator. Like I, I feel like he says what he means and means what he says. And he is definitely, Absolutely. I wouldn't consider him a shill, you know, like, not at I feel all. Like he's pretty balanced too. Uh, I have a lot of respect for him. And I do wonder, like, I don't know. It, it just, I think when you're a collector in the space and you're in your worldview of the space is broader than Top Shot and All Day and Dapper and maybe even just Flow, because I think like there's like a kind of like a flow mob, you know, <laughs> um, you I don't know. You just sort of, it's a bit less tribal for you. And and that's how I, I sort of feel about it. I think like the, the dapper, the dapper people, not the people that work at dapper, but like your hardcore dapper, like Twitter guys, like they're just, they are like, I mean, they're, they're team dapper. And I think that's fantastic. But I think like having sort of a broad range of, of knowledge about different things going on in the space, different aspects and in, in use cases for NFTs, is probably some of the gap too, you know, there's, advantages and disadvantages to centralized ecosystems um yeah so i don't know so i think it, i think we need to move past top shot we need to get into the what's in your wallet segment here uh where we're going to go through top shot tandy's wallet and we're going to have him just sort of walk us through the origin story for how he decided to purchase these different assets so i want to start with crypto raiders first what got you into this project Tandy? So Crypto Raiders, um, I'm trying to remember which Discord I was in, honestly. It was some PFP Discord. Um, and sometimes I just go ba- go on like strange intuitions where some guy will say, hey, you, you have to take a look at this project. And I, sometimes I just believe in like serendipity. And obviously sometimes I can not go your way. But um, this guy talked about it and I looked into his Twitter account and he was a legit guy who talked it seemed very very smart guy i think he also held an ape of course that's like the gold standard um and he just seemed like he knew what he was talking about and it was a small bet like these raiders were very cheap to pick up before reveal um they were really cheap i think they were like something like 0.01 or maybe something like that maybe even like 0.02 0.01 maybe even less i don't even remember low so, risk uh, yeah super low risk i like the name i thought the name just sounded good i like the concept where you get these little characters and you operate them almost like little mini zelda games and you try to beat monsters and collect gear and collect weapons and um and then in the future you'd be able to actually be the monsters as well and collect the gear of the raiders that you kill and it just sounded fun and sounded different and so i just decided why not so i bought like seven of them i think and um and since then you can recruit so i've recruited like three or four times so now i own about 30 of them 
Um, and it just the I really love the the pixelated art that they're doing, and I really love their whole development team. Every week, there's something new. Uh, you can tell that this team really cares. So, how did I get involved? It was pretty much on a whim. It wasn't because I had some incredible alpha. If that so, not not probably not the most um, interesting response, but that's I'll how allow I it. I'll <laughs> allow it. All right. We're going to move on to the next what's in your wallet question. I need to know about Crypto Surge. What's going on crypto with Crypto Surge? So Crypto Surge. So I don't know if you know this, but um, when I started on Twitter, I was very much all about different giveaways. And um, Crypto Surge was a giveaway. A lot of things in my wallet were giveaways that I just got lucky. There was somebody from Cool Cats, actually, that I had been talking to. And he told me, hey, if you go reply to the Surge creator in the next 15 minutes he's just giving them away so i thought okay so i just went on twitter i said hey i'd love a crypto surge he goes all right what's your wallet bing and i was in my wallet like five minutes later and then actually had quite a run-up at one point um they were kind of hot and now i'm not really sure what's going on with that project but people seem to like the crypto surges they think it's um one of the earlier sort of unique projects so it's just hanging out in my wallet now i mean it's got a cool vibe he looks like he's kind of ready to go get a coffee with you at an overpriced place for coffee. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. We got to go to Cool Cats. Tell me your Cool Cat story. How did you end up there? So that was another giveaway. That was incredibly lucky. The crazy thing was I was um, I was paying a lot of attention to Danny Ukes back in the day, and I still do. I like Danny. Yeah, he's and, good. And he was talking about Cool Cats a lot. And he's like, you got to buy these. And I, I was on the minting page. I remember it was 0. .06. And this was really early on. So I had, hadn't really done much minting at all yet. And I just kind of got scared and didn't mint it. And then there was some Twitter giveaway again. And I got super lucky. And I won it in a giveaway. And that's it. <laughs> it's like a lot of these stories are just me winning a giveaway on Twitter. You're a giveaway magnet. Um, <laughs> what, what, what about World of Women? What went into your, your process there? Was that a giveaway also? That was a giveaway also. That was my wife. So my wife got on the giveaway hustle. You got to be kidding me. You got World of Women in a giveaway? That was in the beginning. So th- what happened was we found a project called Sad Girls Club. I don't know if you ever heard yeah. of it. Oh, yeah. Yep. So we ended up, again, giveaway. My, my, my wife and I used to spend like a solid couple of hours a day just entering giveaways because it was just fun and we had free time and we were winning. So it's like we entered a giveaway. The funny thing is we won. It was a we won a sad girls club and a world of women together. I see one. your sad girl now. I'm looking at your and sad that, girl. Now. That's not even the sad girl that we won. That's a second sad girl that we won. <laughs> the first sad girl that we won was it was one of the rarer sad girls. So that was like a gold background sad girl. And they also mistakenly sold us um sent us the most rare sad girl by accident that's okay we'll take yeah. that mistake we'll yeah i'm like I'll, I'll keep that and they're like yeah we actually sent that to you by accident could you please send that back uh yeah i guess so so oh, <laughs> you're a good guy i don't care what anyone says about you candy all right madcap militia okay so madcap that's when i bought um that one everyone was hyping that project up everyone thought it was I know. so cool i bought one too i minted yeah, yeah. at the and time I remember- when i minted that it was the most expensive mint i had ever done it was 0.07, point. right? Yep. So I didn't buy it for 0.07. I bought it a few weeks later at like 0.03, I want to say. Um, 
yeah, and, and just some people from the Top Shot community. I think it was like your girl dads and your Vivex, and yeah. you know, everyone was sort of excited about it. Yeah, everyone was so pumped. And then what? Where's it at now? It's just uh, what's going on? Is it uh, doing anything? Uh, the rumor on the street is that Top Shot Tandy has actually purchased the intellectual property rights to Madcap <laughs> Militia. I can you confirm or deny? <laughs> I, that would be cool, but no. There's a project I'm in right now. The one I really like, one of my first projects that I minted as well, called um, Lazy Crypto Cats. You can see it in the wallet. I have a few of them. And um, that's that's what you're just talking about of the community trying to buy the project that's happening right now with that project. Well, maybe it'll be you. I mean, you got a lot of giveaway magic happening over here. I mean, really, yeah. it's unbelievable. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, what the, Can you tell me what the your least favorite NFT in your wallet is like the one that like you would send to a burn address if you had one to send it to um well i'd have to load it up real quick but i know that i mean an easy answer is i once got scammed i bought fake stuff but that doesn't really count uh, that obviously went to a burner um let's see if i can see anything real quickly um 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 yeah, I mean, so I got to find, it's only fair if I find one that I actually minted, honestly, because I have other random junky ones that I don't care about. Um, what do I want to send to a burner? I'm going to burn wallet. Yeah, I don't know, actually. I guess this, I feel bad to say it, though, but like the, they were actually kind of cool. That These crocodiles, they were cool, but... Now no one cares about them. I guess that kind of makes you want to send them to a burn wallet. Fair but... enough. <laughs> you want to do it now. Do you want to burn them immediately? Uh, yeah, let's burn them. Get the get the cool. lighter fluid out. Let me get. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fire up the furnace now, and we're gonna make this thing happen. No, okay, cool. So that was what that's what's in your wallet with Top Shot Candy. Yeah. A lot of fun to do that with you. Um, you go work 24 minutes. You know, I like to try to keep things around 25 to 30 minutes. Okay. What what have we not touched on today that you feel like is missing from this episode of NFT, Candy? Well, one thing is important to talk about is my day job is I introduced the idea of using NFTs and charity, and we yeah, had a let's, lot of. Let's. I, I didn't want to like take the alpha lead from your space later today, but let's go here and and have the conversation on what you do and what you did. Okay, so what I do is I work for a, a nonprofit called Sustento. It's based in New Jersey. Um, it's a it's an old friend of mine. is the CEO. We work really closely, and I introduced the ideas of NFTs and what that could open up for charities. When I saw that all these different roadmaps were including donations, I thought, okay, people seem to like donations. And because I was in a lot of these different projects, thanks to these wonderful giveaways, honestly, half the time, I was able to talk to some. Of these projects and get them to donate a, a token and then we sold the tokens and we donated it that that went to a donation to the charity sustento which in turn funds all a bunch of free and charitable clinics across the united states and i think we're probably one of the few nonprofits in the united states that's really embracing nfts and web3 and so that's really exciting to me uh, i think it's a it's an organization that a lot of people do things in a kind of old-fashioned way, and I think that I'm helping do things differently. And so, yeah, so if you're listening to this today, we'll have a space, and then we're going to have spaces somewhat regularly where we talk about 
the relationship between philanthropy and crypto. And we interview artists and you, and they're going to tell us funny stories about being from rugged to riches. These incredible like stories, incredible stories in the NFT space. And there's so many of them to share. It's pretty cool. I mean, I, I think that I was doing a talk at a cannabis and crypto conference this weekend in lovely Boston, Massachusetts. Mm. And I was, I was, I had the slide and it was like, here are the four major reasons or, or that, that people like sort of buy NFTs. And I had them all different sizes on the slide. They're kind of random. And the smallest one was philanthropy. It was yeah. the, the, the smallest one by a mile. And I think we're sort of at the precipice of people taking more NFTs for good. And if you look at the NFT NYC speaker list, I think the largest category of speakers are for NFTs for good. Really? Which is, yes, which is interesting. So maybe we're, maybe you're sitting um, like right at the the onset of something really big happening here. Mm, well, I'd have to take a look at those speakers. And now you've got me curious. Yep, yep, yep. Well, listen, Tandy, um, glad we can make this happen. Um, you know, I feel like the only way that we can name this episode is to name it No Whammies. That's the only appropriate thing to, that we could call it. But I appreciate your work. I've, I've been a big fan from the jump, from video one. Uh, I have been a Tandy fan. And uh, yeah, I, I like the content you make. I like. I think your voice in the space is really, really important because it's it's never really upset and never really like shilly. It's just sort of right in the middle. Absolutely. And then right back at you, NFT was one of the earliest podcasts I listened to around the subject of NFTs and education. And clearly, you are someone who is trustworthy and. Um, you have a lot to say and a lot of great research and a lot of great guests. So I would just send you the flowers right back. I, I enjoy your content as well. I appreciate that. Should we drop some alpha on the people right now, Tandy? That sure. you don't know. Sure. I am launching a new podcast starting next week on Chain Gaming. It is going to be basically the education arm for blockchain-based gaming. Going to break down concepts like guilds. Um, how the difference between play and earn and play to earn and bring in the best guests in the space that are advancing the blockchain gaming movement. So it's going to be a new endeavor, but I'm excited to create a separate podcast stream for this and to make it its own thing. Probably we'll have a co-host as well that rotates on a regular basis. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, it should be a new addition uh to my podcasting journey that i think will be uh well-timed and a lot of fun to make that's exciting that's what that's an area that i'm very much interested in i mean you know i have the crypto raiders thing but other than that i don't have much exposure to, to gaming and i do think it's one of the most uh interesting areas for nfts right now i kind of feel like that's where the a big dump of education needs to happen and so i'm gonna create this uh, a new podcast stream there really looking forward to getting that started next week i'm, I'm about to confirm my first guest today um but the topic is going to be focused on guilds like what is a guild and why is it something you should be thinking about i think one of the things that that's interesting about the the nft gaming space is this idea of an asset that yields and and so want to spend some time there um so yeah dropping a little bit of alpha at the end uh i had to because i have the tandy man on but Tandy, thanks for joining me. Uh, appreciate all the stuff you do for the community and the space. And uh, looking forward to see what you do next. Awesome. Thank you for having me. All right. See ya. 